0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, August 16th, 543 AM Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down seven and a quarter at 621. November soybeans down 13 and three quarters at 1398 and a half. December Chicago wheat down 10 and three quarters at 8.07. December Kansas City wheat down 11 at 8.74. December spring wheat down eight and a half at 9.14. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, leave me a review on that Apple podcast app. I could certainly use some more. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, subscribe to the channel like these videos, leave me a comment. Let me know if you caught any rains here over the last few days. What do the crops look like in your neighborhood? If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Uh, check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers ton of information direct from me every single business day. Uh, morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, tons of weather info, my daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal yesterday i talked about two things uh china and the bad economic data we saw reported this week some of the implications there and then also ran through these updated uh new crop corn and soybean balance sheets you know usda gave us some new yield numbers last week some new demand estimates ran through that ran a few different scenarios uh tried to attempt to, to kind of discuss what it means for price action, that sort of thing. If you guys are interested, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. So this China-Taiwan situation is back in the news. And I could have talked about this yesterday, but the headlines were kind of just emerging as I was putting this stuff together. So I I didn't really have enough information to to discuss it. But China resumed uh, military drills near Taiwan yesterday uh, amid the surprise arrival of U.S. lawmakers. So this U.S. delegation was led by Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. He met with Taiwan's president. This U.S. delegation sought to discuss Taiwan's semiconductor industry along with tensions in the Taiwan Strait. The senator said this, We have a moral obligation to do everything we can to prevent an unnecessary conflict, and Taiwan has demonstrated incredible restraints and discretion during challenging times. So China's not happy again because the U.S. is is visiting Taiwan. A Chinese military official said in response to the visit and these new drills, This is a stern deterrent to the U.S. and Taiwan against continuing to play political tricks and undermining the peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan, of course, then came back and condemned these most recent military exercises, one thing that's being discussed here is a potential Chinese blockade of the Taiwan Strait, which would really be a disaster. It would have massive supply chain implications. Uh, it would probably result in a huge spike in freight prices. Taiwan, according to the Wall Street Journal, accounts for about 70% of the world's microchip supplies, and microchips have been a huge problem uh, really since the onset of COVID here and, and you know supply chain issues and all that stuff. Uh, the grain market implications of any U.S. Taiwan... Uh, US-China. Conflict are very obvious. China buys a lot of soybeans, a lot of corn, a lot of agricultural products, so we'd like to avoid any sort of tensions there. I'd probably venture to say that yesterday's sell-off and maybe even the sell-off into today has something to do with these uh, renewed tensions, military exercises, that sort of stuff. U.S. corn conditions declined again last week. The crop now rated 57% good to excellent down from 58 uh, last week uh, below the 63% average. Now it is normal uh, for the crop ratings to decline this time of year as the crops mature uh, ratings typically decline, but we are below average by 6% in regard to corn. Only two states are rated uh, 70% good to excellent or better in regard to corn. Illinois and Wisconsin are your best two uh, states in regard to ratings. You got a bunch of states States below 40% good to excellent. Those are Colorado, Texas, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. 62 percent of the corn crop in the dough stage nationally versus 65 on average 16 percent of the corn crop denting versus uh, 20 on average you got to go back to about 2019 to find a rating similar to this for this week in the year and in 2019 we were you know several bushels below trend uh, at the end of the day and that's the way it looks uh, it's going to be this year too soybean conditions also declined 58 percent good to excellent down from 59 last week below the 61 average only wisconsin and arkansas i believe, leave are rated 70% good to excellent or better. States with the good to excellent rating in soybeans below 50% include Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee. 74% of the soybean crop setting pods versus 61 last week, 77 on average. So corn and soybean ratings both down one percentage point in the good to excellent category, and they're both running uh, below their respective five-year averages. Looking at wheat, uh, spring wheat harvest is, is moving along, but it's very slow. The crop was planted late. It's behind. Harvest is 16% complete nationally versus nine last week and 35 on average so you're uh, less than half of of average in terms of spring wheat harvest which again is no surprise the crop was planted very late Uh, winter wheat harvest wrapping up 90% complete nationally Only Michigan, Montana, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon still have winter wheat to harvest, according to USDA. Everybody else is done. We had a NOPA crush report. The National Oil Seed Processors Association released July crush data yesterday. NOPA members crushed 170.2 million bushels of soybeans in July. That was up 3.4% from June, up 9.7% versus July of last year. The trade was looking for something just a little bit better than this, but I'd say overall, this is supportive. Uh, This is not a great time of year seasonally for soybean crush. Your best times of year are like that post-harvest slot, you know, September, October through January, February uh, typically are your best months. So this this is a good print uh, for this time of year. Soybean oil stocks posted an 11-month low, 1.713 billion pounds. Uh, so I'd say this is generally supportive. We missed, missed by a million bushels or so, but not a huge deal. Got some rains uh, moving over, let's see, like the southern to southwestern part of Iowa, really most of it over Missouri, uh, northeast uh, corner of Kansas maybe here this morning, and then maybe a little bit of rain over the western part of Kansas, eastern part of uh, Colorado here this morning. You look at the last 24 hours, and there was a lot of rain here. I'm not going to say a lot, but there were some some decent-looking bands over western Iowa, and this area of western Iowa, Uh, this southeast corner of south dakota uh, eastern nebraska it's been really dry you pull up the drought monitor and these places uh, they stick out a little bit so this is uh, very good i think for uh, yield potential in regard to soybeans especially uh, this is probably seen as being kind of a bearish deal here Um, some of uh, northern missouri into the central part of missouri also caught some of those rains forecasts for the next seven days really favor a ton of rain across the south i know there was some flooding in texas there's some like It's not tropical storms, but some tropical activity here uh, coming up from the Gulf. Uh, The Corn Belt's going to be drier by comparison. Uh, Some light rains expected, you know, up to maybe half an inch or an inch in Ohio, and then less than that in Indiana, less than that in Illinois. Iowa on the dry side, maybe some stuff from Minnesota, eastern part of North Dakota. South Dakota looks dry. Nebraska looks dry. Kansas may catch some of this uh, stuff that's going across the south, maybe the southern uh, third of Kansas or so. You look at the 6 to 10, and you've got a little bit of a divide between North and South. I mean, the Southern... Uh, part of the country here, maybe above normal precipitation. But then you look at Iowa, uh, northern Nebraska, and places further north into into, uh, Minnesota and the Dakotas, uh, maybe drier than normal. Temperatures are going to normalize here. The plains have been really hot. Southern plains have been very hot this summer, but they're going to cool off and kind of normalize this week. And you're going to see some below normal temperatures in the uh, eastern Corn Belt. The cattle market uh, finished lower yesterday, and we had a better start. Feeder cattle were actually sharply higher at one point yesterday and came back and finished lower. No cattle trade really to speak of here uh yet this week in the outside markets the u.s dollar is higher uh, stock market marginally lower but uh, finished higher yesterday the s and is down nine points dow jones down 70 bonds are flat uh gold's up six bucks crude oil is down i'm sorry gold's down six bucks uh crude oil is down 70 cents in the october wti eighty eight sixteen last trade there have a wonderful day today guys i'll talk to you wednesday morning